This goes on here. It takes two seconds. Well, then the next person who comes in will do it. That's not the point. The toilet paper goes over. It's printed that way so you can see it. No, the toilet paper goes under so that the cats don't get at it. That makes no sense. What do you want to get for dinner? I don't really care. Then just pick something. You choose. I don't see why I have to put the utensils face down. Because when they're sticking up like that, if someone trips and falls, they're going to impale themselves and die. Anything will be fine. It's fine. food. Fine. All right. We're going to get pizza. Anything but pizza. What do you want to eat? That is Bill Paxton. It is Bill Pullman. Bill Paxton was in Aliens. That is Bill Paxton. That is him. Game over, man. That is that man right there. Why am I going to put him away? I'm wearing them tomorrow morning. I don't care if you're wearing them tomorrow morning. I don't want them just sitting by my side of the bed all night. Why do you do this? You squeeze from the bottom. The next person doesn't have to squeeze then. It's toothpaste. It's not like it's hard to squeeze it from a new area on the tube. Why are we fighting about this? Why are we fighting about this? I, why are we fighting about this? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have made you make the decision. That being said, I think your original call of pizza is fine. Just no pepperoni. Good evening, Ross Silver. Happy Valentine's Day. What a great way to have an intimate one-on-one -on -one date night with your spouse and 400 of your favorite friends. We're so glad that you joined us. How many of you can connect with what we just saw? Isn't that just like relationships where you're going along life and conversation is going real great and then all of a sudden you hit a pothole and the conversation goes south and you t make a left turn and you end up where you didn't expect. That's how it is in relationships. And tonight I want to talk with us about building a stronger love. Our topic for tonight is stronger love. For the past month, we've been spending our time in the Stronger Family series looking specifically at love. And if you haven't been with us, I want to invite you to go ahead and look back at some of our past messages. We've been spending our time in 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. If you look at our message, our first message in this part of the series, how to renew love in our marriage in until death do we part, or how to regain lost love in I've lost that loving feeling, how to reconnect in love through eight degrees of separation, and how to tie a double knot in marriage through thou shalt not. We want you to connect with these messages, and if, and if you do, what will happen is you will advance, you will develop a stronger love. The big idea for tonight is that God desires for us to build a strong and enduring love, a love that lasts for a lifetime, a love that never fails. Now, for those of you who are here and are single, I want to invite you to not check out. I want you to stay connected to this message because it's very likely that either you know somebody that's married or that you want to be married someday as well. And so what I'm about to share with you tonight can be something that can help you or somebody that you know. And for those of you who are married tonight, I want to invite you to pay close attention. Whether you're thriving in marriage or surviving in marriage or your goal is reviving a broken marriage, 
God has something for you tonight. I want to share a message of hope, a message of faith, a message of love, something that will bless you today. And so I want to invite you to turn with me one more time to 1 Corinthians 13. We're going to look at verses 8 and verses 13. And if you happen to have your Westover app, go ahead and open up the app. We have notes there conveniently for you to bless you. So let's look at God's word right now. Verse 8 says, Love never fails. And then it moves on to verse 13. It says, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. God wants us to have a stronger love. God wants us to have a stronger and enduring love. And this verse tells us in verse 8 that love never fails. Love never fails. God's love for us will never fail us. Even when we fail, God's love never fails. But the second part of this when it comes to marriage is that God's love will never fail us in marriage either. I'm going to say that again because I want you to get this. God's love will never fail you in marriage. If we embrace God's love in our marriage and we show God's love to our spouse, it will never fail us. Our marriage will never fail. And that's great news. All we have to do is embrace God's love and it will, it will last us a lifetime. So I want to share with you three steps to building a stronger love as a couple. Three steps to building a stronger love as a couple. Number one, embrace faith. Embrace faith. Verse 13 says, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. See, I've discovered that faith is spiritual rebar in marriage. It's the foundation. It's within the foundation of our marriage. It's the thing that holds us together when life falls apart. For example, when, when you find out that you've had a miscarriage or you find out that your wife has cancer or maybe that your husband has lost his job or maybe that a, a parent or a sibling or maybe even a child has died. Faith is the spiritual rebar that holds you together when life falls apart. And God wants us to embrace faith in our marriage because if we do, it will make a difference. It will hold us together in the difficult moments. So how do we do this in a practical way? How do we embrace faith in a practical way? The way we do it is by praying together. For you see, couples that pray together, they stay together. Couples that pray together stay together. I've discovered that prayer is the life insurance in marriage. It's life insurance for your marriage. Jim Daly in his book, Marriage Done Right, says this. He says that couples that pray together and read God's word together every day have a less than 1% chance of getting divorced. And so if you find yourself right on the brink of divorce, I want to suggest to you that the solution for you is to find a way to pray together and to read God's word together. And I'm going to tell you, there may be moments when you don't feel like you want to do that. But if we're willing to do that, God says that he will help us. He will give us faith and that will help us advance in our relationship. So how do we do that? How do we pray for our spouse? I'll be honest, I'm a pastor um, and I don't have a problem praying for people. I don't have a problem praying for people's needs. Sometimes people post things on Facebook and I pray for them. But I'll just tell you, it's a little awkward praying with your spouse. It can be awkward to pray with your spouse. How do you do that? Well, I learned recently something that, that has been very fruitful for us. And it's two questions. And the two questions are, and you can either ask this at the end of the day 
or at the beginning of the day. So if it's at the end of the day, this is the question you ask. You say, what's on your schedule tomorrow? Or if it's the beginning of the day, you say, what's on your schedule today? And then the second question you ask is, is there anything that I can pray with you about for today? And once you answer those questions for each other, then you pray. You pray and you connect. You embrace faith together. And I've discovered that when we do that, God will move into our circumstances. So not only pray with your spouse, but also pray for them. Be willing throughout the day to text them and let them know, hey, babe, I'm praying for you today. Hey, that thing we talked about, I'm praying for you today. I want God to meet that need for you. I want him to work in that conversation with your boss or that coworker or that project you're working on. Let them know that you are praying for them because couples that pray together stay together. The second way to build a stronger love in marriage is to hold on to hope. Verse 13 says, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. Now, I know some of you, I know some of you, you just walked in the building and you came in with a smile, but just a couple minutes ago, you were in the car and you were fighting. And you, you opened the doors and all of a sudden you put on a smile to come on here, but I know that there may be some coolness or some coldness in your marriage. Well, I'm here to tell you that God wants us to hold on to hope. The solution to pain in marriage is spelled H-O-P-E. Hold on, pain ends. Hold on, pain ends. For you see, struggles happen in seasons. And the thing that you're going through right now won't last forever. But you must hold on to hope. That's the thing that will get you through. When life tells us to give up, hope says, try one more time. Now, I'll just tell you this. Pastor Danae and I were not perfect. Now, I know it's hard to believe when you see this. I know. I've been, I've been spending the last 13 years, we've been together roughly 13 years, we've been married 11 years, and I've been trying to convince her that I'm perfect. And she doesn't believe me. And uh, I've just decided, I'm convinced in my own mind, and I might be wrong, but I'm convinced in my own mind that the reason why she doesn't see that I'm perfect is because of my brilliance. I blind her with my brilliance, and that's why she can't see that I'm perfect. The honest truth is, is that that lady right there is the love of my life. And she's a much better spouse to me than I've been to her. And God has brought us together, and he's made something wonderful in our relationship. And I'll just tell you this, that the truth is we're not perfect. We've had some difficulties. We've had some struggles. And in fact, the the first couple years of our marriage, we struggled a whole lot. We had lively conversations. (laughs) Lively conversations. And we fought about a lot of things. We had struggles. We were tired. We were stressed out. We were poor grad students who were working full-time and it frayed us on the edges and we bumped heads and we had lively discussions about things that were very important like spending versus saving money, whether to buy a car or not buy a car, whether to go to grad school full-time or not go to grad school, whether we were going to get a mortgage or not get a mortgage. These were the things that were causing us conflict in our relationship. And then there were other things that we that we had conversations about that were um, less important. Um, I was going to say that were irrelevant, but 
if I do that, I might not have stronger love for the next couple of days. <laughs> but there were some things that we, we, we had some challenges about. For example, you saw this in the video, but I did not know, no one told me, and, and I want to help the, the single men here and the engaged guys here. I just, I'm, I'm giving you a freebie here, guys. I did not know that there was a right way to load the dishwasher. I did not know that. Apparently there is. And I found out very quickly that I was loading the dishwasher incorrectly. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. It may seem like something that's insignificant to you, and you don't even have to understand it, guys. It doesn't make a lick of sense to me, but it matters to my wife. So guess what? I load the, the dishwasher the right way. The truth is, is that we had a lot of challenges, but we fought through, and we decided that we were going to hold on to hope. And one of the things that helps me hold on to hope is this ring right here. This ring right here. This represents my covenant before God and before some of you and in front of my wife that I was going to be committed to her for the rest of my life. And a couple years ago, I thought about getting this ring polished and nice and shiny, and then I actually decided not to. And the reason why is I look at this ring and there's, there's bumps and bruises and there's scrapes and scuffs. And it reminds me that we've been through some things. We've been through some things. We've had struggles, we've had difficulties, but we've went, been through some things. And when I look at this ring, I see that this ring has value. And this ring still has integrity as long as I hold on to it. And my marriage still has value and it still has integrity. And if you're finding a way in your marriage, maybe you're struggling and you're ready to just take off the ring, I want to encourage you to hold on. I want to encourage you to hold on. Hope is holding on. It's holding on to your marriage even when it's a mess. It's holding on to your vows even when they seem impractical. It's holding on to your covenant even when it seems impossible. It's holding on to God's promises even when they seem unbelievable. And I'm here tonight to tell somebody that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. And I'm here to tell somebody tonight, and I'm impressing this into your heart, God wants you to hold on to hope. Hold on to hope. And the way we have hope in our marriage is by inviting Jesus, the miracle, mar the miracle maker, into our marriage. Inviting Jesus, the miracle maker, into our marriage. For you see in the book of John, John chapter 2, we see a story of Jesus being invited to a wedding. And it was at this wedding in Cana of Galilee where Jesus performed his, his first miracle. He took something ordinary and he made it extraordinary. And I've discovered in my work with people as a counselor and as a pastor that whenever couples are willing to invite Jesus, the miracle maker, into their marriage, they have hope. They have hope. And tonight... At the very end of our time tonight, we're going to have a prayer moment. And if you find yourself in a place where you're considering throwing in the towel, during this prayer moment, what I want you to do is I want to, I want to challenge you to invite Jesus, the miracle maker, into your marriage. See, it's important for us to have Jesus in our heart as our Savior and our Lord. But he also wants to be in our marriage. He wants to be in our marriage, and we need to invite him in. We need to invite him in. Jesus only comes into places where he's invited. I want to challenge us to invite Jesus, the miracle maker, into our marriage. The third way to build a stronger love in a marriage is to love extravagantly. To love extravagantly. It says, love never fails. 
The greatest of these is love. God has an extravagant love for you and me. I'm going to say it again. God has an extravagant love for you and me. He wants us to love our spouse with extravagant love. And whenever you find yourself in a place where there's friction, allow God to love you. And then be willing to show that love to your spouse. It'll make a difference. I want to share with you two important aspects about love that help us understand it a little bit more in the context of marriage. And the first aspect of love is that love is serious fun. Love is serious fun. God wants us to have fun in marriage. He wants us to enjoy being married. But I'll tell you that the church and the culture often works against us. For you see, the church often says, marriage is hard work, and marriage is difficult, and marriage is going to take a lot of time and a lot of investment. And while that's true, we need to be invested, but it's not a prison sentence. And then the culture, what often says to us is that marriage is the old ball and chain. I want you to look at this photo. I think it's creative, but I think they're sending the wrong message. I think that they're starting off on the wrong foot. They're saying, oh goodness, marriage is going to be difficult. It's the old ball and chain. I don't think that that's what God has in mind. This is what the culture says about marriage. Here are some quotes that I found. Marriage is the tomb of love. Marriage is give and take. You better give it to her or she'll take it anyways. (laughs) Behind every man is a woman rolling her eyes. All men make mistakes. But married men find out about them sooner. I love being married. It's so great to find that one special person you get to annoy the rest of your life. I just got to believe. That's not what God had in mind for marriage. I firmly believe that he wants us to have extravagant love and and for love to be serious fun. I'm going to tell this to the married couples and I, I want you to earmark this verse. I'm going to give you the PG version of these two verses, but Proverbs 5, verses 18 and 19, I'm going to to read the two parts of those two verses that are appropriate for tonight. It says, May you rejoice in the wife of your youth. May you ever be intoxicated by her love. God wants us to have serious fun in our marriage. Life is busy, but find ways to fit in fun and flirting. That's how we can have serious fun in marriage. Find ways to fit in fun and flirting. Now, men, be willing to chase your wife and pursue her. I mean, literally chase her. Be willing to chase her around the kitchen, but don't do it in socks because you might chip a tooth and that would not be good. But once you catch her, hug her and hold her, and if your kids are around, be willing to kiss her Your kids may freak out and say, oh, that's gross. But what you're communicating to them is that your spouse is your your one and only. Be willing to try to make your spouse laugh every day. I try real hard to make my wife laugh every day, and she has a stone-cold look sometimes. Pray for her. She needs Jesus. Be willing to laugh at his corny jokes or pickup lines. Speaking of pickup lines, I have some pickup lines I want to share with you tonight. 
Yeah. I'm not a photographer, but I can picture you and me together. Are you a magician? Because you make everyone disappear. Can I borrow a kiss? I promise I'll give it back. Does your father sell diamonds because you are flawless? And this is one that's been in my back pocket for quite some time, and I've been looking forward to a moment to share this one with you. Is your dad a preacher? Because, girl, you're a blessing. Now, the fun doesn't end. I got some more for you. These are some pickup lines that are wrong in all the right ways. And you really use them at your own discretion. I'm just warning you, okay? If you were a booger, I'd pick you first. I love you like a pig not loves being bacon. And then there's this one. You are hotter than donut grease. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm here all week. I want to challenge you to have serious fun in your marriage. Enjoy your marriage. And if you do something that's really extraordinary, I want to issue this stronger marriage, stronger Love challenge. I want to challenge you to post on social media something that you've done with your spouse. Maybe a recent date night. Maybe a quote from one of Pastor Jim's sermons. Maybe something that you found online that really meant something to you. Maybe maybe it's just something creative that you did for your spouse. Now keep it classy, okay? We're a church, okay? So keep it classy. But be willing to share with us. Use the hashtag StrongerLove. Let us know how God is helping you cultivate a stronger love in your relationship. We want to celebrate it with you. The second aspect of extravagant love is that love is a choice. Love is a choice. Now, the culture tells us that love is just a feeling, but love is a choice. And Jesus modeled for us that love is a choice because he went to the cross and he died for us. And the cross was not comfortable or convenient, but it was the greatest expression of sacrificial love. And God wants us in our own marriage to decide that we are going to make love a choice. That we're going to say, love is a choice. God wants us to do that. So how do we do that? Well, one way that we can demonstrate in our own marriage that love is a choice is to daily commit to your covenant. Daily commit to your covenant. When you wake up in the morning and before your feet hit the floor, I want you to say a quick prayer and say, God, thank you for another day of life. Thank you for giving me another day of life. I choose for today to be a great day. And right now I choose my life. I choose my spouse. I choose what you've entrusted to me. I choose my covenant. I wake up. Ever since I discovered this, I've been waking up and I've been saying in my own heart, I choose to nay. Daily commit to your covenant. Daily commit to your covenant. If we're willing to make these commitments, we will have a stronger love. 
we will be more connected in our marriage. We'll have a love that never fails, a love that will last for a lifetime. And at this time, as we close, I wanna invite you to stand with me. And for some of you who are joining us tonight, you're in a difficult season in your marriage and you're hurting and and you just don't know what to do. Well, what I want you to do is I want you to invite Jesus, the miracle maker, into your marriage. And, And if you have your spouse and you feel comfortable, you can grab him by the hand. But even if you're struggling and you don't feel comfortable doing that, I want you to personally decide in your own heart to say, God, I'm gonna invite you, the miracle maker, into my marriage. I believe that you can transform my experience. I believe that you can make a difference. I believe that you can take us from from just surviving or trying to revive the marriage into a thriving marriage. I believe, God, I'm gonna hold on to hope. And for those of you who are in, in a thriving marriage experience, what I want you to do is grab your spouse by the hand. And right now, what I want you to do as we pray is I want you to commit in your own heart that you're daily gonna commit to your covenant to your covenant partner, the person that God has brought to you, the person that he's connected you with. Decide today to make a commitment to your covenant partner. And if you feel comfortable, you can even whisper in their ear and say, I choose you, I choose you. So I wanna invite you to bow your heads. And as we pray, I wanna pray for you tonight. God, we come to you. You've compelled us tonight to build a stronger love. You've compelled us to demonstrate the same sacrificial love that you demonstrated for us on the cross. God, help us. Help us to hold on to hope. Those of us who are struggling, we need to discover you in the pain and in the struggle. And God, I pray, Lord, that couples right now, them individually will decide to invite you, the miracle maker, into their marriage. For you see, when we invite you in, you step in and you can cause a miracle to happen. God, I'm praying that you will restore broken marriages, that you'll cause them to come back to life, that you will show that your word is true, that you can bring a new season, a season of transformation in their experience. God, they need to sense your presence right now. They need to experience the infilling of your presence in the broken and hurting areas of their heart. God, I pray that you would work this Valentine's Day, that this would be a day, a watershed moment where they remember that on this day, you caused the miracle to happen. And for the rest of us, God, I pray, Lord, that we would hold on daily to our covenant, that we would choose our spouse, that we would choose the marriage partner that you've entrusted to us. They are so wonderful to us. They are such a blessing to us. And I pray, Lord, that you would allow us to remember to daily hold on to the covenant we made before you. God, these are your beloved people and they love you and they need you. I just pray, Lord, that you would fill them up with your presence and your power, fill up their marriage, transform their marriage, transform their families. Let them be able to say at the end of this year, God, you've been great and you've done a miracle in our experience. We entrust these couples to you. Let it be so. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We're so glad that you join us on Valentine's Day. Remember to use the hashtag StrongerLove to share how you're sharing love in your marriage. God bless you and we are dismissed. <laughs>